At the age of 26, my business was half a million dollars in debt. As an entrepreneur, you get pushed around. The question I faced was, how would I crawl out from underneath the debt and grow my business? The exciting part is, I have a multi-million dollar business now. But the truth is, there is no perfect entrepreneur. Join me and follow along as I share with you the mindset and business strategies needed to grow any company. My name is Oliver Fernandez. Welcome to the Imperfect Entrepreneur. Good morning. This is part two of the interview with my entrepreneurial wife, Leah Fernandez. I heard the baby in the background and I want to jump right into how is being an entrepreneur and being a mom? Wow. (laughs) Well, when I was pregnant, I said a hundred percent, I'm going to go back to work. And I kept giving myself the grace to take some time off and saying, you know, I I don't know. I I haven't been here before. I don't know how it's going to feel, but being an entrepreneur and being a mom is just challenging. I mean, it's, it's your business. If you don't show up, it doesn't, it doesn't continue without you. And I think that's kind of the stage that I'm in now in recognizing that I can be a great real estate salesperson. Um, I also love working with other people and I love mentoring and I love creating opportunities for other people. So, you know, the next goal is really creating a team and creating an infrastructure that it's not so much that it runs without me, but that I can teach other people. I can be effective without being there 24 seven. I think having our daughter, um, just changed my priorities a little bit. I really, really care about work. And it's something that I derive a lot of my, um, a lot of my worth from. And for me, it's really important and stimulating. And I love that part of things, but I also love being home or being able to see our daughter and coming in out of the house and spending time with her and having weekends with you and her as a family. And so, um, I think more than ever, it's just driving me to get systems in place so that I can be more available to family. Yeah, I love that. I love that you're using um, your current situation to push you forward. And I also love your ability to just keep moving forward. I mean, I you've been so resilient through this entire process and you've you've had my full support from day one, like, hey, if you want to slow down, please slow down. But like as an entrepreneur, there isn't any maternity leave. There isn't any paternity leave. I mean, you pretty much worked up into having the baby. And then once you had the baby, you jumped right back in pretty quickly. How was that process? <laughs> I think leading up to having Liliana, that's just who I am. I mean, I, I stayed working with my trainer I was with her until two weeks before. And the only reason I stopped is because coronavirus hit and the gyms were closed and we were all just kind of figuring things out. I think that continuation of working out, of staying busy with work kept me feeling better. I felt really strong throughout the whole process. And I, luckily I had a great pregnancy and um, it didn't have anything that created the need to stay home. So, I mean, for me, it was just continuing and listening to myself and slowing down if I needed to and creating more time for things, knowing that I needed it. But um, 
I didn't want to stop working. Um, and it was something really fulfilling for me. And then afterwards, um, I mean, the, to say it was challenging and is an understatement. I mean, that first month, especially that first two weeks, you're like blacking out between no sleep and trying to take care of family and still trying to answer work calls. And I would find myself on an email and an hour later not be done. And I think, you know, I, I just luckily had really good colleagues that were able to cover off on things for me here and there and bridge the gap. Um, but yeah, I definitely hopped back into things quickly. And, you know, if I'm being honest, I think I hopped into things too quickly um, with the current market situation, with coronavirus, with people questioning their current living situations out of nowhere. Well, not out of nowhere, but, you know, referrals from past clients, you know, five of them came up in a week and then new clients decided to purchase. And all of a sudden I had 10 active clients on top of my normal. And I started going out and showing people homes and I was really excited about it. And then when the day was done, I was, I was beyond exhausted. You know, my body wasn't, wasn't up to the task yet. And then I realized I do have a team and it's okay to rely on those people. And it's, it's a fortunate situation that I have people that are reliable to work with. So I think after jumping back out there the first time, I just kind of laughed at myself and said, like, it's okay. You know, you're still a great, you're still a great businesswoman. You're still a great entrepreneur. That's part of the growth in knowing when you need to rely on other people and just doing it. And so I think for the next week or two, I definitely took some more me time. I was like operating behind the scenes, staying home more getting more sleep and getting myself back to where I needed to be so I could recuperate. Yeah. I love that. And I love that you were like leveraging the team and using the team um, to be more effective Um, because at the end of the day, we can't do everything. And that was been my huge downfall for a long time is I wanted to do everything. I thought I could be in a hundred different places at the same time until you realize that you can't. And then what's the next step? And it's like the next step is, I need to build people around me and that, and those people around me are then going to help me achieve the really big goals that I have in life. So you brought up something that I definitely want to talk about, and that was the coronavirus. How has that impacted your business? Um, I feel really fortunate in that respect. Um, if anything, it's made business busier. Um, I'm in my fourth, fifth year of being a realtor here in DC. And so business is very steady. Um, but those like organic leads online or um, the referrals or the people that have kind of been on the fence definitely decided to purchase or sell much quicker. I think that uh, people are one home. And so they're on their computer more and evaluating and seeing the change in the market and new homes come on. And then two, a lot of clients are just looking for something different, whether it's more space or outdoor space or, you know, they don't even have a commute anymore. So why does it matter if they're close to a metro? They just they want to get into a place where they feel comfortable, especially seeing that they might be home for the next year, maybe longer. You know, working at home could be the future or working at home with a significant other or pets or a child or extended family. So it just created a different need in the marketplace. And um, it really has kind of blown up the last few months. I mean, our team had eight, nine, 10 closings in June alone. Um, and I would say, you know, that's probably twice as many as normal. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause I know like, you know, the coronavirus has impacted a lot of businesses and, you know, 
it didn't necessarily impact real estate and construction as much as it did like restaurants or um, even medical places or, you know, health and body spas. So yeah, I definitely feel really fortunate that we were able to navigate through the coronavirus. And for me, it was like a, a lot more communication had to be do, done. Like I had to over communicate with my clients. Like I had to let them know if we were going to have equipment delays. I had to let them know how we were going to proceed because there was infections in the building. Um, did you have to over communicate during this time with your clients? Yeah, it, it was about reaching out. It was about letting everyone know what the market looked like and what the opportunity was, right? Because there are a lot of people reaching out for a deal. Um, is there a deal? Is there some property I can purchase uh, that's going to be way below market value? So like one, just communicating where the market was at. Two, it was how to look at homes in a safe way. I mean, for a while there, it wasn't even clear if we'd be able to view in person. And I mean, I was pregnant and then had a, had a newborn. So going out in person and meeting with people wasn't something I was like dying to do from that respect, but I, I did want to be able to service my clients. So it was really just operating in a way that was safe for everybody. So communicating the type of precautions to take, what we would need to wear, how we could enter the house, exit, how to respect people's homes if they were living there um, is really a big one. And then just making sure that we were on a timeline that was, um, respectful of like both the seller and buyer needs. And what I mean by that is you can still view homes, but you aren't going to be at an open house anymore. Right. And if someone's still living in their home, you need to give them enough notice. So I think it was just about communicating those changes so that people were aware of them and then felt comfortable. Got it. So I want to, I want to shift back to, um, our daughter Liliana and, um, I want to see, and I want to ask you, uh, do you, is, is being an entrepreneur something that you, like you would encourage Liliana to take up? I always feel that, I mean, in short, yes, of course, I feel like whether it's entrepreneurship or something else, um, I think that the key, well, actually, it's kind of funny that I said it that way. So, you know, entrepreneurship for everyone kind of thinks, okay, well, that's just not doing a quote job or a nine to five, but I think I think you can really be entrepreneurial in almost any role in life. So I think it's just about knowing that you can create opportunity for yourself, whether it's at a job that's nine to five or nine to nine, or whether it's creating your own business, like there is a way to do things, even if you aren't sure how. And I think I would want to impart on her not getting stuck on the how and taking more of those leaps. Got it. No, I love that because even if you think about entrepreneurship as an, as an employee, it's like, if you're an entrepreneur, you're creating, you're almost creating your own position. You're creating it through getting more, getting, generating leads and having the leads coming in and then servicing the leads and then servicing the leads to a point where they either purchase the product or they purchase the service. And then at the same time, cultivating new leads. Well, when you're an employee, you're almost creating your own job as well, because if you don't produce, if you don't, if you don't make products, if you don't um, provide the service that the business owner needs, like your job almost becomes eliminated. So I always, I, I didn't always think about it like that. You know, I always thought about like having a job as like something where you just go and you work and like you come home and you, 
you just do that over and over again. But no, I, I've, I've, as I've been an entrepreneur, I understand that like having a job and working for someone else, um, you have to still create, you still have, you almost create your position. You create your raise. If all of a sudden you, you're, you're being paid for, to be an executive assistant, but you take on duties of project management and you're good at it. Now, all of a sudden you've created that position for yourself. Like that person, the owner of the company, almost you created a position that is you're irreplaceable because the owner of the company can't just go out and find someone else. Like they have you, you created that position for yourself. And, you know, I, I love that, that thought process of an entrepreneur and creating new things and, and just being committed to the long haul, not being committed to the one month to the six month, not even the year, but committed to 10 years. Being committed to ten years, but breaking it down into those one month and six months and one year goals. So, what is what's your goal? What's your big goals? I mean, and how do you accomplish your goals? I mean, it seems like you've been able to be pretty successful in real estate. How how have you been able to do it? Was it like did all of a sudden you just start being successful, or was it something that you had to like chunk down um, over time? Yeah, and I mean that's something I still that's like probably my hardest hurdle. Um, and funny enough, I just had a conversation with a colleague that I've known since I started this week. And it looks like there might be an opportunity for us to work together. And and honestly, we, we complement each other so well. So I mean, I look forward to surrounding myself with more people that can do the things I'm not good at or where I can add value for them. So um, to reach the bigger goals. So that's my biggest challenge. You know, I see I see my big goal, the five or 10 year goal hitting a hundred million plus in sales. And then I'm like, I just want to be there now. <laughs> um, and day to day, I kind of have to slow down. And sometimes you remind me like, well, you've done these other smaller things that lead to that bigger goal. And they've, they've been great. So it's like to take a moment and reflect on the things and to have the celebration for those small wins. That's something I struggle with. Like I reach, I reach the goal and I'm kind of like, okay, what's next? You know, I have a contract or I have a really big sale and then I'm like excited by it momentarily. And then I just say, what's next? It's, it's not enough. So for me, it's small things like staying on top of my to-do list and my, um, you know, my CRM for my clients and making sure I'm just hitting those daily goals and then carving out time and trying to leverage other people um, and the team so that I can shoot towards the bigger goals, which involves not just being a real estate agent. It involves being a team leader, involves getting infrastructure in place, getting um, you know someone to do admin work on the back end to support the team, to do marketing events. You know, it's not just about the buy and sell. It's like how do you service people and add value before and after. Now you brought up leadership. Um, I know like when I first started off as being an entrepreneur, uh, I really struggled that with that. I, I, I knew how to like lead myself, but I, I struggled with like leading other people. Um, and I struggled with it in this because I like didn't over communicate. I didn't, um, provide like outcomes for them to hit. So like the, the, um, the outcomes for, for the team were murky. They weren't clear. Like, what are what are some of the challenges that you that you're facing? What like leading people? So 
you know, I always want to impart all of my knowledge right away, right? Like I just want to dump everything because I want people to be successful and I want them to reach the next level. And I, you know, I ask my team, what's your goal financially? What's your goal personally? And I want them to reach those goals. And I think my biggest challenge is meeting people where they're at, um, being able to communicate things for each person could mean something totally different. And obviously with real estate, every transaction is different. So I mean, some of the wins that I've had is creating templates for emails. You know, when, when I have two new team members start, sometimes tasks will take longer than I think. And I'll ask what's, what's the challenge. And it's really how to communicate all the different data points, right? So creating templates for those conversations so that it's not a new conversation every time. Cause let's say 90% of what we do is, a, is repeated each time, right? So not having to relearn it for each person and also taking the learnings from the past transactions and then just chunking it down into digestible emails where we can give that information to new clients or so the team can work with current clients and then communicate faster and more efficiently. So um, yeah, I think meeting people where they're at, realizing that everybody doesn't have the same learning and communication style that's probably the biggest challenge. And the biggest win is being able to chunk things down and, um, you know, re recreate operations so that it's sorry. So it can templatize, um, the process really. So we don't have to recreate it each time. Got it. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that meeting people where they're at, um, phase. You know, my mind is always running like a million miles per minute. So like when I'm talking with people, I forget that like I have to meet them where they're at. I can't be halfway up the mountain and start talking about halfway up the mountain because they're not, they're not even, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So yeah. yeah and I, also like, sorry to interrupt, just, you know, working in a team too. It's like, you have a team, right? We're all real estate agents. Everyone comes in wanting to be an agent. And I think it's also realizing that everyone else isn't sure of their goals either. Right. Or what their skill set is. And it's, it's such an opportunity to help people maybe learn what their goal is or to find a role that they are excited about. It It might not be real estate or there might be some other function or it could be a marketing piece or an administrative piece or it could be a nonprofit and they're just doing real estate to get money to start that nonprofit. But I think just trying to work with the team and figure out what is exciting for them so that they want to do it day to day and it doesn't become a chore. Yeah, no, I love that. It's, I always, I, that's my thought process as well. It's like most people think one plus one equals two. It's like one plus one equals three, four, five, or six. You know, you get, you create these synergies when you have people um, together in a group that are all trying to achieve this, a similar outcome. And when you get people like focusing on, on what their strengths are, and then everybody's you have three or four, five, six, 10, 20, 30 people focusing on what their strengths are. You're going to go so much farther than one person trying to do everything and be a jack of all trades. Yeah. And, and starting a team, it, I mean, I would tell everyone, it's not the easiest thing. It's like invest, invest time in understanding yourself and who you are and how you communicate and what people you need on your team that are going to compliment you or challenge you in a good way, you know, that, that are going to be um, that you're all going to work together collaboratively. And it's like, don't be afraid to get out there and hire people. I mean, I started working to hire an administrative support person and the, the actual interviews went horribly, um, <laughs> but it was funny. It wasn't like, 
a stressful thing like I would normally feel. And that was probably two or three weeks before I had Liliana. But honestly, it was just a really good experience. You know, I think back to my days at Ogilvy and the last year I was there, I was interviewing once a month, maybe even once a week. Sometimes it wasn't because I didn't like my job. It was just to keep myself um, sharp and to sometimes those interviews reinforce that I love my job, but it's like, you should always have your hook out there, right? You should always be looking for other people. It's the same thing as prospecting for new business. If you stop, then your funnel is not full and you, you kind of run into a roadblock. So, um, I don't know, just, just being able to find other people that, you know, you're going to have a good rapport with. And then I think honestly, um, also just being able to determine when it's not working, right? I mean, part of my fear in hiring people is I was like, oh, what if it doesn't work? Well, it's like once you get to once you get good at interviewing people, once you overcome that onboarding and you actually have documents and procedures, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, right? You have other people you bring on and, and you start again. But it's like that fear and not knowing that can stop you in your tracks. Yeah, I totally agree with you. That fear can definitely stop you in your tracks. Or you can just power through that fear when you just have so much momentum that you've built, you know? And I think that's one of the strong suits I've seen in you is that you've just continued to push and push and push and and create this momentum so that those little small things, yeah, they may stop you in the moment, but like over the long haul, over that week, that month, that year, it's not going to stop you. Um, So I, I really respect that about you and your ability to keep moving forward. So the last question I want to end this with is um, I want to know where Leah is going. Like, where are you headed? Like, what's what's your big goal that you're looking forward to, to go after in the future? So, I mean, the big goal for the team is hitting 100 million plus. But I think besides that, it's probably lifestyle, being able to choose and pick the projects that I want to work on and getting more of my time back. I mean, last year with the team in place, I already was able to not work a lot of weekends in the second part of the year, and we were able to travel and, you know, detach a little bit. Um, My goal is to have a team in place where I can be available on my phone, but not necessarily working, so I can really turn off. I want the team to have, like, a structure and another point person that they can go to for things so that when we're on vacation or we have a family event, you know, I just don't have a fear that something's not getting done. And then as far as, you know, my my own personal things, I want to finally take a cooking class. I keep joking that I'm going to own a bakery, but I, I know those things won't. I, I know I'll have to get up at three in the morning to cook. And we all know getting up early isn't my strong suit. But I just want to be able to take advantage of some of the other fun things that I really enjoy doing, um, like taking our daughter out to some of the parks here. Um, continuing to meet with my trainer, being able to run a 5k and increase that goal, um, doing cooking classes, and then just, I don't know, just enjoying, enjoying our family time. I mean, that's just really important to me in light of everything that's happened lately. I want to be able to travel and I want to be able to see our family. And um, it's always been important, but with the past three months, having a daughter, barely being able to introduce her to any family, it's even more important to me now. Yeah, I love that. Um, can you just to provide some more context on your your big goal, your big number goal? Um, so, so where you you want you're looking to hit a hundred million? Where are you at now? Yeah, so now we're at twenty two twenty two million for the year. Awesome, that's great. So you're looking to five x basically over what period of time? 
<laughs> next year. Now, I mean, I always said, so as an individual agent, you know, I went from no deals to one deal to 5 million to 10 million over two years. And then doing 22 million with the team, getting a lot of my time back. I would love to hit 60 million this year. Um, but I think the big goal is a hundred million. And I, I just always like to keep that in mind. I feel like setting low goals is really easy. Um, and I'm just not, that doesn't propel me forward. So a hundred million, um, I think we need to get some more agents. You know, we're looking for agents on the team that specialize in different parts of the district. Um, and then really getting some great people that we hire to work to support on the back end and to do marketing and to do the events that we want to give back to the community and to give back to all the people that have worked with our team. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, I love that you're looking to provide the support and the, the back end for the new agents coming on. And the last thing I wanted to just mention is um, you mentioned uh, that, you know, you want to spend more time with family and you want to, you know, use entrepreneurship to fuel this lifestyle um, where you can provide for not only yourself, but your family and your community and, and be around more family and community. And I love that. And then that's like one of the things that attracted me to you from day one is, is that your, your family is so high on your list because family is so high on my list, you know, being um, raised by my mom and my, my three sisters and being around my three sisters. Like we just were so tight knit. And um, I love that about you is that you love being around family. So I appreciate you coming on the show and uh, I look forward to doing more, more um, podcasts with you in the future. That and much more. Thanks for having me on. All right. Great. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the imperfect entrepreneur. Please remember to subscribe and leave feedback. 